0: Hello, it's me, the Pimil Podcaster. Welcome to episode 3 of my Pimil Podcast. I hope you guys are doing well and I hope you've had a good month. For today's podcast, I'll be talking a bit about. My body image issues, yay! Uh, But no, really, I think it helps to talk about it on a platform like this. Besides that, I will also be talking about the whole bunch of sexual harassment related news we've been dealing with lately. And then I will move on to a very short message of encouragement. Um, That's going to be the Korean bit for today. Before moving into talking about three Korean dramas, Forest of Secrets 2, Love Alarm and Nevelera I keep mispronouncing the name. Nev So yes, I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast and if you have any comments you can drop me a message at my Pimmel Podcast on Instagram or my Pimmel Podcast on Twitter or you can send me an email at my Podcast at gmail.com by and it's been pretty interesting. Um, I joined ClassPass which is this thing where you can book workouts because I came to the conclusion that while I know that I can exercise for free, it's just not working out. Like every time I tell myself that like okay today's the day I'm gonna go for a run or today's today I'm gonna lift some weights which I have in my room, I just don't. I just don't and you know I'm just tired of like beating myself up about it and being all like oh you're just lazy and you're just like sitting on your ass doing nothing so I thought fine I will just pay for it and I'll go for a workout and I did a couple of weeks ago I didn't go this week because I'm on my period and my cramps are murdering me but I am thinking of whether I should schedule a session for the weekend one of the reasons why I've always been averse to exercising in public is because of how I feel about my body and I think that I just have a very unhealthy relationship with my body. I don't like it as much as I'm supposed to, I'm always just like criticizing it. And I think there was only ever once that I was comfortable with my body and interestingly it was when I was about 27 or 28. or When I was 26 actually, I put braces on and I lost a bunch of weight. At that point I was like, yes! I have reached nirvana, like body image nirvana, and I'm like completely fine with myself. I now know that the only reason why I was completely fine with myself was because I lost weight. You know, It doesn't translate to me actually being body positive or being kind to myself because after I removed my braces and the weight started coming back, it's just been quite tiring for me to keep reminding myself that I have to be kind to myself while also trying to get started on this like weight loss journey and I've been trying like a number of like very unhealthy things and the main thing that I tried like towards the end of last year was just to not eat properly so I was telling myself that I was just gonna not eat for a while um and just like do the intermittent fasting thing from like 12 to 8 and then don't eat after that right and it sounds doable but i think what i also tried to do was to like shorten that and i did it too much and there were some days where like i would go to bed feeling really hungry and upset with myself for not even being able to tolerate hunger but like why why didn't i just eat properly right so I don't know, I think I just have a lot of very like, maladaptive coping methods when it comes to body image and and losing weight and so I'm hoping that being on a class pass and being part of a regular fitness um journey where I'm forced to be accountable I'm forced to like actually make a booking and then after that show up for the class because I'm paying for it right so if I don't do that then it's a waste of money so I'm hoping that that's going to help me to cope with all of this a bit better I think there's something to be said about how we speak to ourselves when we are dealing with our insecurities because sometimes I speak to myself in a way that I would never speak to anybody else like I would never go to someone else and tell someone that they look disgusting or they should be ashamed of themselves because they're putting on weight. I would never say that to anyone else and I don't know why I say it to myself. Certain insecurities probably start from a really young age. Even though we know that certain negative things that other people say to us, like we're not supposed to take that to heart and we know that we're not We know that they're the ones being mean or they're the ones being horrible. Like if you go to a family reunion and someone makes a comment about your weight, like you know that that person shouldn't be making that comment in the first place. But because you're insecure and because you've heard these comments all the time, you kind of internalise it. And I think that it's bad when things get to a point where you start echoing some of those very negative things to yourself. Um... Not that I'm saying that physical health is not important, but what I'm trying to say is that as you pursue physical health, or as you try to improve your physical health, you have to also make sure that your mental health is on track and for me, having lost weight and then thinking or buying into the false belief that my insecurities were gone was a very kind of like eye-opening moment for me like to realize that oh it wasn't my insecurities that was gone it was a weight that was gone and then once the weight came back all my insecurities came back which means that I have to actually work on myself and yeah that's what I'm trying to do in other news I have also been quite frustrated at the sexual harassment related headlines that have been in the news So, like, every week we would get at least, like, one to two articles where someone has sexually harassed a child or there was this very um, sickening article of this man who raped a 13-year-old girl in the park for two hours and then there was another one about this um, guy who molested his sister-in-law and there was another one about this university student who hit his mom in her privates because he was too stressed from studying and I'm quite surprised that there has not been any commentary that's come out out of all this yet because when you read the news you might think like oh it's a one-off this is a one-off that is a one-off everything is a one-off but the frequency at which uh, these things come out in the news is just quite alarming and I don't know why Oh, I don't know if, if people are actually, like if, if women are starting to worry about being out in public or if women are starting to feel like, yep, Singapore is not as safe as it used to be. And I think that more needs to be done definitely um, when it comes to looking at things like child abuse because a number of these articles also featured like dads who were sexually harassing or assaulting their young children. And it's just like what is happening i don't know what is happening and that's just been quite alarming i mean i don't teach in a public school so i'm not really sure if the students have been discussing this in class and discussing how social um stereotypes and and perspectives on gender roles also affect these things i don't know if there's something to be said about how stress levels also translate to people being unable to sort of sift through whatever's happening with them emotionally and then and then they cope in these very maladaptive and and harming ways like harming to other people you know and it really frustrates me when some men continue to insist that it's not all men who are like this i mean it's like seriously like why don't you guys just get like i know that it's not all men who are like this but some are and that's a problem. Instead of insisting that not all men are like this, how about we look at the ones who are like that and try to figure out why they are like that and just change whatever is making it that way. I don't know like, when people are gonna start accepting that this is not okay and I think that as much as the news covers a lot of these very overt and, and obviously you know criminal and, and horrific violations of women and children and also men sometimes, there are also a lot of like microaggressions that happen on a day-to-day basis. Like recently I was visiting someone in a condominium. I had to give my personal, because you have to give your personal details to the security guard when you are like walking in, right? And so I gave my name, I gave my number and the security guard who was, he looked like he was in his 50s maybe and he just made a joke about how the his younger so it was him, and it was, a, and he had a younger colleague, and he took my details down, and he was like, "Oh, this guy is gonna call you tonight. Now that we have your number," I didn't laugh because I didn't find it funny, but I feel like these kinds of things are things that are not appropriate to say. I know that he thought that it was, a, it was just a joke. He was just being funny because that's how men joke, but it is actually quite scary to think that somebody could do that, like somebody could take your details and and after that like come and like stalk you or something. Cause I also know of people who have been harassed by their friends, by their male friends, who think that because they hang out together it means the girl is interested in him and then he just kind of he just went overboard with texting her, showing up at her place and you know, doing all of these very doing all of these very intrusive things even though she explicitly said that she wasn't interested in any of the things that he was doing and any of the things that he wanted to do. I don't know, I feel like in Singapore we don't talk about a lot of things and it's very frustrating because when you do do eventually talk about it then you are seen as the one who is abnormal or you are seen as the one who is problematic. And like, how do you cope with stuff otherwise? Um, Recently an opposition politician brought up the issue of uniformed Muslim women wearing the tudong to work the response was that these decisions about whether or not they are allowed to wear the tudong to work is, is a discussion that would have to happen behind closed doors and like I don't even I don't get it I don't get it why does it have to be a closed door discussion why can't you just discuss and tell us what you think because like you're not even the one wearing the tudung in the first place so how about you have a discussion with the people who actually want to wear it and I don't get how we can say that we are a country that multiracial and multi-religious and like everything is regardless of religion, language and and race. And and then when it comes to these things, oh, it has to be a closed door discussion. Like, why? Why not just talk about it? Why not get public opinion? I don't know if it's a very Asian thing or if it's a very Singaporean thing where people in authority decide to not be open because they're afraid of some kind of backlash but really being open about your opinions is just going to make your life a lot easier because then at least you know what people want and you know you you are then forced to sort of interrogate your own rationale for whatever decisions that you do make and like just be upfront about things you know like what why 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 not have conversations when you can like constantly repressing what you want to say and constantly silencing people just leads to this culture of fear that then leads to them not being able to cope with with various stresses in their lives not being able to to actually deal with issues relating to to human life and human dignity and and just translates into microaggressions that go unchecked that then translate into larger violations that also go unchecked. So I guess the larger point that I'm trying to make here is that people just need to talk about things and we need to have serious conversations about what's happening in our country and really try and unpack why people are not keeping their hands to themselves. How is it that we have so many people who are completely fine with abusing each other? Ugh, yeah, I can't. I just, I can't. And I'm very aware that being surrounded by men who don't behave like that in my day-to-day life is a privilege and I and I have a lot of gratitude for that. But I shouldn't have to have this amount of gratitude for that. It shouldn't be a privilege to be surrounded by non-sexually harassing men, you know? So just, ugh, I feel like we need to get it together and we're not getting it together. Until we come to a point where it is the norm for people to not have to deal with sexual sexually harassing microaggressions or macroaggressions then our job is not done you know today's little bit of korean is again not a quote from anywhere it's just a little bit of encouragement, I guess, for myself and for anyone who needs to hear this. 너는 괜찮은 사람이야. 진짜, 정말로 너 괜찮은 것 같아. 아니, 괜찮은 것 같아가 아니야. 진짜 괜찮아. 그래서 힘내. 힘낼 수 못하는 순간에서도 그냥 힘내. 너 응, 괜찮다니까. 처음부터 괜찮았고. 계속 잘할 거야 그러니까 슬프지 말고 자신한테 그렇게 나쁘게 얘기하지 말고 천천히 가면 된다는 생각으로 괜찮을 거라고 믿어 그냥 그렇게 쭉 가면 잘될 거야 그러니까 힘내 그리고 힘들 땐 다시 여기로 와 여기로 와서 내말좀 들어 너 괜찮을 거야 알았어? 그럼 다음에 보자 It's the part of the podcast where I talk about TV and I tell you what I think about the shows that I've watched. It's the part of the podcast where I talk about movies and I tell you what I think about them. So I have just finished watching Forest of Secrets 2. I finished watching it in like two days. Okay, technically two days and maybe a few months because I watched the first two episodes a few months ago and it was progressing a bit slowly so I kind of just let it go until the rest of the episodes came out. I started watching episode three two days ago and I finished episode 16 last night so... Yep, that is that is how I spend my life sometimes. Um, Forest of Secret is one of the best legal Korean dramas I have watched. Season two is a bit different from season one. So season one kicks off with a murder. That murder mystery kind of propels us into the rest of the narrative which deals with corruption corruption mainly in the prosecution and in the police department. So right the forest in the forest of secrets is that legal forest that constitutes the prosecution as well as the police department season 2 deals with the same characters one is a the main the two main characters are a prosecutor and a police officer this time they're on opposing sides because both legal departments have different agendas that they want to push forward. And so there's a lot of like internal politics that happens between the two of them. Between these two departments, not the characters, the departments, and that translates to how certain cases might be affected, certain cases might be covered up. So, Forrest the Secrets 2 is a slow burn compared to Season 1, and once you get into it, it's hard to stop. What really scares me about watching these dramas where corruption is involved is that it's alarmingly easy for law enforcement officers and officials to to break the law because they know what to do, they know how to get away with it, and it just scares the crap out of me. Like honestly, I'm so cynical, I'm just so cynical in general because of all these shows that I watch and I'm just like, oh police, police, why do you why do you do this? As far as the acting goes, you're in safe hands. I mean, you have Cho Sung Woo and Beduna, who are like the best of the best in in the Korean world, right? Like Cho Woo does movies, he does musicals, he does dramas, what does he not do and he's so different in every one of the dramas that I've seen him in. I first saw him in God's Gift 14 Days where he played this great upbeat police detective and then I saw him in Forest of Secrets 1 where he was just an emotionless prosecutor who was also very endearing. Then, where else did I see him? I'm actually also watching Sisyphus, The Myth, which I'm really enjoying, but it's a time travel drama, so I don't know if the series is good yet, even though I'm already about 12 episodes in. Because for time travel dramas, you really need to watch it until the end to see if the whole narrative makes sense. Either way, I was worried about watching Cho Wu Woo in Forest of Secrets and Sisyphus at the same time, because, you know, same actor, two different shows, What if I carry some of the emotion from one show to another? But there's no way that you can do that when he is the actor because he plays these roles so differently. They might as well be two different people. They are two different people. You don't get any of that overlap at all. So that was great. Beduna, she was in Sense8, which I have not watched. She's also in Kingdom. I first saw her in Forest of Secrets 1 as well, where she plays a police officer who is very cheery and happy. Um, In season two, her character is a bit more, I wouldn't say jaded, but she is embroiled in a bit more office politics than in season one, and it's interesting to see how workplace bullying doesn't stop no matter how old you are. Either way, Forest of Secrets is great. If you've not watched season one, you have to watch season 1. You have got to watch season 1. And then watch season 2. And then you can join me in my prayer circle for season 3. Because nothing has been announced. And I need it to be announced. I need season 3 to happen. I know that. I I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before. But... I don't like it when shows break into multiple seasons, but with Forest of Secrets, it's not so bad because each season is self-contained. There are references to season 1 stuff in season 2, but even if you've not watched season 1, there's enough for you to understand 95% of the show. So, you know, we kind of get a full story and at the end of each season, you're not left hanging because the main story is kind of resolved and you just want to be like, okay, but can we have season 3 because I want to watch them have lunch together like all the time. So, I am hoping for a season 3. I should say that Forest of Secrets is also on, on Netflix, but it goes by a different title, it's called Stranger. I don't know why it's called Stranger because I don't see the link between what happens in the show and the word Stranger, but I do see how the forest is full of secrets in the forest of secrets. Another drama that I just started is Nebillera. It stars Song Kang and Pagin Huan. Song Kang stars as a young ballet dancer, and Pagin Huan stars as an elderly man who wants to learn ballet because. His friend dies in the first episode, and, and he kind of has this realization that he has to start living his life now and he has to do what he wants to do. And just talking about it makes this starting to choke me up because he's just so endearing as this elderly grandfather figure to Song Kang's teenage boy who is love deprived because his mom has passed away and his dad is is not really in touch with him and so he's formed this very gruff exterior and he just doesn't want anybody to he just wants to be left alone but this elderly man comes along and he's just like hi can you teach me ballet please and he's like no 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 I don't want to and so because of drama land circumstances he eventually starts teaching this elderly man ballet and it just brings back so much. It just brings back so much of my own experiences and oh, there's a plane. I don't know if you can hear the plane. I'm not going to edit this part out because I want you to hear the plane. Uh, Yeah, but it brings back so much of my own understanding of what it's like to have a grandparent who is nice to you. Um, I know that not all grandparents are nice grandparents, but if you do, you know, if, if you are lucky enough to have a nice one, then that's something that you should hold on to. This show is just, it's one of those slice of life meditative, med, meditative? Am I saying it right? Meditative? Meditative shows? that will make you cry and you will watch it with a box of tissues what I'm finding also interesting about the show is that it also addresses the issue of men doing ballet so the reason why the the elderly man wants to do ballet is because when he was 9 he wanted to And his dad stopped him because it's not something that's associated with masculinity. As an elderly man, when he starts doing ballet and his family finds out, his eldest son is also all like, how will people react when they find out that you're doing ballet? It's so humiliating. And I'm just kind of like astounded, I guess, by the fact that some people would believe that. But also, I don't find it surprising because I think that many people in general hold on to very toxic views of what masculinity is and it's very interesting to see how this character was so affected by what his family was saying about him doing ballet. And I'll leave you to find out if that that part is resolved. In a way, I'm also yet, you know, going to find out because we're only four episodes in. It airs every Monday and Tuesday on Netflix. So yeah, those are the two shows that I'm watching. I finished Love Alarm, which also stars Song Kang. And uh, I don't know. I don't know about Love Alarm. Honestly, I feel like... It had so much potential to be a good critique of our reliance on technology, but in the end it is it just didn't really come across though so Love Alarm is about a universe where there's an app that can tell you who likes you and who and whom you will like or whom you might like in future. Six episodes, was it eight episodes, six to eight episodes came out as part of a first season in 2019 and this year, the next season came out when it's actually just the last few episodes of like one broad season which is why I find it frustrating when Netflix like splits these things up. So anyway, the main character, Kim Jo, who is played by Kim So Hyun starts off in season one as very averse to the idea of how an app can show you what somebody else feels and she chooses not to download the app. And eventually in season two in the in the episodes that come out that came out in 2021 it turns out that all she really wants to do is to restore her app so that the person whom she likes will know for sure that she does like him. And to me, it's just, you know, if you were going to critique how our over-reliance on technology is bad for us, then why would you make the main character so reliant on, on needing the app after that, right? So I don't really know if there was an intent to to follow through with that comment on our reliance of technology or whether it was just supposed to be like, oh, this is an offshoot thing that you can think about on your own time. Um, and whether it was supposed to be focused on the romance Even the romance Like she doesn't end up with With the guy whom she's with In season 1 She ends up with this other guy And I'm all for that right Because in season 1 She was a high schooler In season 2 She's an adult And how many of us actually end up With the people whom we had a thing for In high school right So I'm all for Growing and growth And finding out that you Have different preferences And priorities as an adult But ah uh, Just the The development of the relationship, I didn't see it happen on screen. It was almost as though the character just woke up one day and decided like, yes, I'm interested in this guy. So it just wasn't as organic as I wanted it to be. So as a commentary on social trends and technology, it didn't work. And then as a romance, it also didn't work. So I'm just kind of like, nah. why did I waste my time with this show? I don't know. What do you think? Have you watched Love Alarm? Please let me know what you think. If you've watched Forest of Secrets, Please also let me know what you think, because I need someone to talk to about it. And yeah, I guess that's about it for TV time. And that's about it for today's episode of my Pin podcast, the secret podcast that I still have not told anyone about. But please do me a favour and tell everyone you know about this. Watch out for people who try to fool you tomorrow and um, make sure that you get them first. See you next month on my PML podcast. Bye.